China has gone after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo for suggesting the coronavirus escaped from a Wuhan lab by saying that he, quote, betrays Christianity with lies, an accusation that is actually a fairly accurate job description for anyone working in the Trump administration. Hey, today is Cinco de Mayo, so be sure to sprinkle some Ajax on the rim of your Clorox Vita. The Ohio Department of Family Services has a website that allows employees to give their Actually, the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services has a website that allows employers to give the department details any workers who have not returned to work. This, of course, comes on the heels of the state's new slogan, Ohio, we're Florida with shitty weather. One researcher says that if the pandemic were a baseball game, it would be the second inning. But you would have already eaten three hot dogs, garlic fries, peanuts, four beers, and a vegan tostada from the club level. Oh, the vegan tostada. That's what I miss about baseball. A former Green Beret has taken responsibility for a failed boat raid aimed at overthrowing Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro. But he really didn't need to take responsibility, considering that President Trump has already blamed Ted Cruz's dad. Swarms of killer hornets have arrived in the U.S. from Japan. So they're looking to make important business deals and visit some American strip clubs. And finally, in a new Netflix documentary, Michelle Obama talks about how she changed the dress code for White House butlers because she didn't want Malia and Sasha growing up thinking African-American men serve them in tuxedos. Good thing she didn't come to my Sweet 16 party, replied Ivanka Trump. The Trump Report starts now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to the Trump Report. Uh, Christian Blatt here with the whole gang. Uh, of course, we have Tamara Brown, who brought some smooth, funny with me. Smooth move, Scott. Just purposely skipped the joke portion. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what most people do. And yeah. of course, Chelsea Galicia in her uh, very comfortable padded room. I, yeah. I thought the jokes were great today. Scott, you missed out. Uh, of course. I love the way she's stressed today. Because <laughs> usually, today. yikes. Well, uh, Scott, you weren't here last week, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to serenade you. Well, we won't sing, but happy birthday, birthday boy. Scott Moore. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. My, Thank you for being here. I'm wearing my quarantined birthday shirt still for all of my fellow quarantine birthday you folks know what? out there last You just gave months. me a great business that's idea. That's not a birthday suit. Yeah. That's not a birthday shirt. <laughs> you just gave me a great idea for a business. <laughs> Quarantees. They're T-shirts specifically for right now. So uh, <laughs> nobody steal it just because I put it out on the show. Uh, in any case, there's a lot of stuff to talk about oh, as geez. always, but you know, most of it's uh, virus related. But let's start off with the not virus stuff. Uh, Joe Biden finally uh, felt the need to address the harassment slash assault con- uh, allegations against him that uh, we've been talking about for a few weeks here. And uh, I'd like to see how everybody feels we stand at this issue now compared to a week ago. I mean, he has spoken to it, sort of basically what his his campaign had said before. But uh, Tamara, how do you feel? Uh, I almost, I literally almost called him President Biden. 
Uh, how do you feel former Vice President Joe Biden did in, in addressing these allegations? From, by the way, the woman's name is Tara Reid, and I'm sorry, that's very confusing that the woman's name is Tara Reid because we all think of, you know, at least I do, actress Tara Reid, American Pie Tara Reid. Oh, sorry, I forget to use air quotes for actress. Well, I think she's, I don't know, she's been out of the general lexicon for a good 10 to 15 years. Okay, so somebody you, somebody Christian. apparently hates Sharknado. All right, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Six Sharknados ago, I think that ship has sailed. Um, I think, you know, he denied, he denied anything happened. I found that a lot, of, uh, a handful of Democrats um, that I follow are, are defending him. Um, I stand by, I think when we first initially brought this up, I said, and I, I still just feel this way is that it's like, what are we going to do? You know, like we have to vote for him no matter what. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards personally, do I think he's guilty or innocent? I think I'm leaning more towards guilty, but I really, I don't know, but either way, I'm voting for him. So this puts me in, a, in voters in a weird position where it's like, it's not that we're being hypocritical, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, have a trial for, for Kavanaugh um, and, you know, why, why isn't there the same sort of um, lens put on Biden that there was during all of that and I and I just think it's because because we have to it did make me it's, um, it's because the media is rigged in favor of a certain ideology and uh, they have a candidate that they like uh, and by the way you said you have to vote for him perhaps you haven't heard about uh, young Justin Amash who is of course taking uh, no one by storm but he is an option you could we vote for him. him he should week, actually right? he should actually be campaigning on. Hey, I haven't harassed anybody, unless of course he has. In which case, that's a really bad slogan. So mm -hmm. maybe that's why he's not running on that. I'm sorry. You can finish your thought, Tamara. I just wanted. Well, to I was just I was just going to say this was this is the first time ever where I sort of you know when the um, also isn't it Biden is being accused of the exact thing that Trump admitted on the uh, Access Hollywood tape. And um, I guess, you know, when that happened and I just thought, you know, how could you possibly support this guy who would say such a horrible thing, Trump's Access Hollywood tape. And it's just like, oh, I guess I understand now because you have to, you don't support that. But when you're so far against, you know, uh, any, any sort of um, uh, supporting any policies of, of that party, then you have to. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the question that you can ask for people who are just like, well, I can I can believe this account, but I'm still going to vote for him anyway. Then the question becomes, all right, what would you be willing to not overlook? Would you vote for Harvey Weinstein? I don't, this isn't for you. This is just for everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. Just more of a general question: Would you vote for Harvey Weinstein? Would you vote for Roman Polanski? Would you vote for O.J. Simpson? You know, so it just kind of depends on if if people are convinced by it. And look, I, I'm only bringing this up for devil's advocate. There right. have been many years in which these allegations could have come up. The, they didn't come up when he was vetted for vice president, uh, you know, past runs for president. So there are certainly 
questions about it that uh, come up. You look, but you, you, uh, there can be a million reasons why you didn't, or there only needs to be one reason why not to, but that's what everybody gets to ask. So it just depends on how important it is as to whether or not she's telling the truth. And I think for a lot of people that they see the, the options as Biden or Trump, they're like, yeah, I'm going to pretty much overlook everything that we're going to find out about, about Biden. Uh, Chelsea, your thoughts on how he has addressed this and where we stand with the allegations today. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with what, you know, Tamara was saying is like this moment forces the people who said, I would never vote for somebody like that to have to say, well, actually, maybe I would. And I think this is true of people of both sides. You know, we've, we have to do things that we think we would never do, but Having said that, you know, I see this a little bit differently. I know that we should believe women and I, that would be my default. This particular case looks bizarre to me. Um, This is not Joe Biden's first time running for public office, not for a very high public office. The fact that it came, I mean, it came out now, why not when there were still 45 candidates running for the Democratic nomination? So when I look at this particular case, and I I hate to be the one who is looking at the nitty gritty in the case where it benefits my candidate, which of course I'm a very reluctant supporter. Um, so I can see that that, you know, might make me look like I'm, I'm being, you know, holding him to a special standard just because, you know, we're relatively on the same side of things. But I do have my suspicions about this accusation. Um, well, to be fair, it's exactly what people said about uh, Christine Blasey Ford's uh, allegations against Brett Kavanaugh was, why are you doing it now? And then that explanation is, well, he wasn't going to be a Supreme Court justice. So it could be, well, now he might become president and I really not Vice wanted president. to live this. Your Vice, Vice president pres- is still pretty big. But it's not, you know, you're not, I, I understand both sides of it. I'm just sort of, you this know, This would explaining. have been a good thing to come out with, like, I don't know. A year ago. ago. A year ago. Yeah, or six, six weeks ago. That's yeah. what, I mean, I said previously, We're, like, the timing is so strange because to make an impact, and this is a woman who worked in politics. Like, I would think that if this were a strategic move on her part, I just don't know why now. It would have made more of an impact six months ago, eight months ago. Yeah, look, these are they're they're valid questions, and I think people just need to come to terms with how they feel about it, you know. And I I think that it's I guess it's easier to overlook if you have the questions about it, you know. If if you're like no, a hundred percent, I I don't just believe her. I, I'm you know I'm sure that this this must be what happened. Uh, Scott uh, obviously uh, felt that it was important to get the female's perspective first, but uh, I I'm interested in your thoughts just sort of on a personal level and then also politically, what do you think that this means for Biden now that he has at least gone on record, you know, he did an interview where he talked about it. Well, I mean, I think uh, kind of what everyone was just saying there, there is, there is an ick factor. We know that Biden has been accused in the past of being, you know, invading personal space and a little bit creepy and everything else, but this type of thing that uh, Tara Reid is, you know, saying it, it is odd with the timing and all of a sudden that it escalates to this point where, where again, he has been in the public eye since the early 70s, almost 50 years. And there's been plenty of time to vet him. He was vetted for VP. 
and the timing just feels a little odd. And, and I did say that last year with the with um, Ford as well. But the difference was with Ford, as I said, we should be able to have a real investigation instead of Republicans ramming it down a, into a, a nuclear option of uh, the thinnest margin ever to uh, elect a Supreme Court justice. Um, it's sort of the same thing. And, and it, you know, it goes with the Republicans MO of you know, impeachment and everything else. Um, given the time to have a real proper time to vet. And the same thing with this, because it does seem a little odd um, with the timing, and it seems done at a timing to be able to bring maximum um, you know, notoriety to this situation. And I do believe she should be heard, um, but I also find it political, uh, politically hypocritical as well when we've seen all the instances with Trump and somehow he's able just to glide by and I keep seeing people in the Twitterverse and other places, just posting about Biden and how you know it's so inappropriate, but they're not talking about Trump. And I'd love to see someone, if they were really, really concerned about the situation, would say, hey, maybe we should also look into some of these allegations against Trump instead of it just being about Biden, because to me, now you're politicizing it and you really don't care about uh, women's rights or anything else. You're only just doing this for political points. And all I've seen out there are just the one-sided against uh, Biden. And not saying that it's right or wrong, but if you're doing that, then you should also be bringing up these allegations against Trump. And I've heard horrible excuses now that it's, you know, oh, well, it was already decided in 2016, like Tamara was saying, like people voted for him after, you know, the allegations came out and, and Access Hollywood tape came out. And so now it's not a big deal anymore. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Doesn't mean that he gets a pass now to do whatever he wants, but now we have to yeah, look, focus I mean, on this allegation of Biden. It's just political. This is an issue that uh, people can be very selective on because of ideology. I mean, I'm sure there yeah. there must be someone out there who treated the allegations to Brett Kavanaugh the same as these, as President Trump, as uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, there are many right. accusers of Bill Clinton from varying degrees of severity of what they're accusing, you know. So, you know, the, it's just like, okay, well, what what are you willing to overlook and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder. Uh, I wonder who's going to sit down with uh, Tara Reid and, and try and get more from her. You know, I, you just, know, for like, me personally, ahead. during during the Kavanaugh trial, the thing that was for me the nail in the coffin, why I'm almost 100 percent sure that Kavanaugh is guilty, is his reaction. So you mean, I guess uh, you mean I like beer. You didn't think that that was enough. <laughs> just you, just the okay. <laughs> zero to 60 intensification of a, like the way that he was responding um, showed, indicated to me that, that he, he knew, I, I believe he had no recollection, but I, I believe he, he was aware that he, this, this could have happened had he not been blackout drunk. Anyway. Well, yeah. Again, he I, likes beer. So, I mean, that's I sort of goes, that's kind of like, like Oliver North saying, I'd like to invoke my fifth amendment privilege. Brett Kavanaugh is saying, well, I like beer. So therefore, I have no idea what you're talking about. In fact, I don't even know any of these people here. And by the way, yeah. who wouldn't trade uh, to just all of a sudden be right back last year where this was the only thing we were worried about? I'm not saying that it wasn't significant. <laughs> but to think about, you know, how much coverage that the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation had, like, oh, my gosh, this, this, there, was, there wasn't even any, anybody wasn't even worried about the flu shot at that point. But anyway, uh, so obviously, this is a, an issue that uh, certainly won't go away. I, I'm interested in both of your thoughts, or both of your, all three of your thoughts on, on both of the candidates, because I feel like it doesn't benefit either of them if they do a debate. 
I, I feel like Biden is not that well prepared for it. And, you know, Trump will be prepared with a pocket full of, of one-liners and zingers and things, but an actual debate. So I, I wonder if we're going to actually get a debate. If and you can call it, anything that comes out of Trump's mouth a zinger. Look, I, I mean, the fact that there there's people that print up t-shirts for things that he says. And, you know, look, if they were to do it virtually and, and you know, they were to do a debate on Zoom, well, he could just do what I'm about to do and put up a picture and just be like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, what, ha, I, I, you know, so, you know, you don't want to do it virtually because that's too easy. So I don't know that either one of them is suited for a debate. I, I felt like the idea of, oh man, a Democrat will really, you know, stick it to Trump on all the issues, but it's very easy. Look, Biden is very flappable. It's very easy to confuse him. And the person who confuses him the most is himself. So as we look ahead to some five months from now, I'm just sort of wondering what each of you think, and I'll go in reverse order this time. Uh, Scott, do you think that there are people in both of these camps just like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to go out there and debate this guy? Or should I not have started with Scott? Uh-oh. Because <laughs> he's frozen. We'll get back to Scott on that. I'll ask you first, Chelsea. Man, I had not even thought about this until this moment that you posed this um, question. Again. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get back to you, Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've kicked the uh, question over to Chelsea. We'll get back to you in a moment. Uh, so okay. normally I would say, well, you know, tradition is this, this debate and the purpose of the debate was to allow Americans to get to know their candidates. Not really sure if there was any other reason for the debates other than that. If that's the case, then the reason- Get Jim Lehrer out of the house. I think that was the other reason. We All right. So uh, if that's the only reason for the debates, there is probably enough information that's about these candidates that's able to get to the Americans to make a decision that maybe debates aren't really needed, but they are. I, I enjoy the tradition, although to, to pick somebody's- uh, to pick the guy or the woman for the job based on debate performance is just like, you know, uh, it doesn't seem to, to be the right task for testing the, the job skills that are needed once you're actually in the role. Um, I mean, it's like a debate would be good for like a car salesman, but I don't think a debate would be great for like yeah. a surgeon, for example. Sure. So you'd want to see their, their, their skills in action. And there's got to be something like when you take the California bar exam, one of the tests that they give you is all of this information, like a fake case to read through. And then you've got to type up, you know, answers to these, these questions. And it's sort of supposed to simulate like a real life case that a lawyer might handle. I mean, I think it would be better if we came up with some kind of, you know, here is intelligence that something is coming from China. What do you do with it? You know, but we make up scenarios that are not actually happening uh, to see how they would respond because I think that's more helpful. The other thing that I think would be better is if people, if candidates gave us their proposed budgets and their explanation, and maybe not like a dollar amount budget, but a budget based on percentages. Like, here's 100% of the pie. How would you split it up, and why? I think uh, everybody can say yes, education's important, and yes, healthcare is important, but. How important are those things related to each other? Because everything can't be the most important thing for you. So Related to um, whether or not we should deregulate banks even further. 
Sure. Sure. There, there you go. I mean, we, we, I, I think a, a, a budget would be better to, to help assess somebody's true priorities. I mean, after all, it is Joe Biden's quote that I included in my book, shameless plug that's coming out soon, where he said, um, you know, my dad used to say that, uh, don't ask a man what his values are, look at his budget and that will tell you what his values are. So I think maybe we should switch to budgets, which are very social distancing compliant. Well, I think that uh, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> I think that uh, there, I think if we end up getting a debate, we're going to get one. You usually have three presidential debates and one vice presidential debate. Uh, but uh, I, I think that maybe just maybe just one big presidential debate, you know, they'll give them an extra half an hour. Uh, but what do you think, Scott, in terms of this idea that there have to be people advising both of them like you don't you don't want to sit down with this guy, you know, because I'm sure they both have their their yes men and yes women that are like, oh, my God, you'll be so great on the debate stage. I don't think either of them would be very good, though. I, I mean, I don't either. I know at one point, like we were saying, when Biden was uh, even eight years ago against Paul Ryan in the VP debate and how good he was and he basically tore Paul Ryan down. Um, just because he was just so on top of everything. And that's not the, the same Joe Biden, even in, from 2016 of where he is today. So I don't think either camp is going to be rushing to have either one of their candidates debate, because as we saw, Trump lost every single debate. 16. Right, sure. Yeah. I, I agree with Chelsea that um, seeing the budget would be an interesting, unique take. I think that uh, the debates are a little bit more old school now and they don't bring the same relevance that they might've done in the past when you really didn't get to see a candidate as much as you can now. And this was an opportunity for people to really see the candidates and see how unflappable they could be and how they could deal under the lights under the pressure, like it goes back to Kennedy and Nixon, you know, on TV. Um, they had a place and there is a tradition to it that I enjoy, like Chelsea was saying, but I think they've lost some of the, their mean that their original intention was. And now that you have, two of the oldest men who have basically ever been in office at this point, you know, it, it's definitely lends itself to be like, maybe we should look at new ways of, of doing this rather than debates because it's not going to be good for either one of them. You're right. Uh, Tamara, your thoughts. Do you uh, have uh, plans to uh, do a presidential debate drinking game or uh, do you think I mean, that that's, that's pretty at your kidding, but I'd say I was just about to say that, if we're going to have a debate, I think it should be for pure entertainment purposes. I mean, not like, it should be not, not a, you know, not ideally, ideally yeah. American citizens would like a debate where uh, their uh, political leaders will um, wax poetic on some very poignant issues that concern deeply concern American life. But that ain't the world we live in, my friends. This, <laughs> this, <laughs> we have a reality star as a president, um, you know, Propriety has gone out the window four years ago. So, um, yes, I think we need a debate for the sake of entertainment and drinking games and memes and oh. all of that stuff that's going to come out of it. Yeah, the, the meme games are going to be very strong. You know, uh, Scott, you referenced, let's see, that was the 2012 vice presidential debate with, that was Biden and Paul Ryan. And what I, my takeaway from that was that 
Biden won basically by just shaking his head a lot and having that like Heath Ledger, like Joker smile on his face. He was always laughing at Paul Ryan. And there's nothing like more demeaning to someone than just like, I'm literally laughing at everything you say. And Paul Ryan just, you know, you know, he spent, he spent too much time in the gym. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't really in shape for that kind of back and forth. He was just like, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to kind of stick to my notes. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's basic. Well, you know, Biden will definitely be debating somebody who's probably never set foot in a gym, but that's not really the point that I'm trying to make. This is terrible. Was Paul Ryan Romney's VP? Sure was. Oh, I don't, yes. I don't even, yeah. I didn't he was, even remember. Yeah, there, there were polls up until uh, late October that said that he was going to be our vice president. There's actually a lot of polls that thought that, mm-hmm. that was very likely to happen. Wow. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's just, uh, you know, that's just something I thought of while we were talking about Biden. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, we talked last week a lot about some of these states that are easing restrictions. And uh, we live in one that kind of surprisingly to me yesterday said like, oh, no, you'll be able to go to some non-essential businesses. And I was talking to my wife about it. It's like, well, they've, they're, you know, you're going to have to order ahead and do curbside pickup. But, you know, sporting goods stores, toy stores and you know non-essential retail stores so she said oh you mean all the stuff we order on amazon i'm like well yeah yeah so you don't have, but i guess the whole point you're supporting is, amazon no no of course not no i i, I give all my money to to buy.com bui.com which was i don't even know if it still exists but it's where i used to buy stuff uh we actually don't buy anything but uh, we've got an occasional uh deliveries from target.com so uh yeah but the point is yeah, all this money that, that that just reinforces my point. All this money is going to Amazon, and they're like, "Look, we got we got a store full of stuff. We don't have to let people in. Can they just give us money, and we'll go bring it out to their car?" So uh, that seems to be the main thing, you know, that it's they're sort of very slowly easing into phase two uh, of of this uh, four stage reopening, and you know, four, stage four is probably like 2023, 2024, maybe. You know, I uh, you know the uh, large, large, uh, large sporting events, concerts at, at the Rose Bowl. You know, that that's a good three, four years away. I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But anyway, uh, what are your thoughts, Tamara, as as this idea becomes local? Again, it's just it's it's a slight easing of restrictions, but you have to figure that we're starting to see, you know, easing even even basically everywhere except New York City. Like New York City, they're shut down until September at least, is is what de Blasio said. And not a fan of de Blasio, except for his great run for president. I think that was the best thing he ever did. But I think that he's at least being realistic. He's like, yeah, you guys aren't going to get to do anything. But what are your thoughts, Tamara, as we start to hear this idea that, you know, we can start to do a little bit more of what we were doing? I, I think it's too soon to tell. Uh, I think I said that last week too, because it's just it was. We have projections that the 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 places who have loosened restrictions will probably see a surge. So the the city that has the highest, you know, who who is suddenly in a crisis is no longer going to be New York. It's going to be probably one of these cities in the south. That's what's projected. But I think it's it's too soon to tell because Texas, Georgia, only eased restrictions a week ago, five days ago. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's too soon to tell. I think, you know, maybe in, in a week or two, we'll be able to answer this question. But I do think even as far as California goes, the people who are the most, you know, 
everybody needs to wear a mask. Stay in your home unless absolutely necessary. Unless you need to walk your dog. Unless you need, like, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep feeling that at this point, everybody who, you know, they're so ready to make sure that everybody is following rules and, until, you know, they want to go to the park or something like that. Or, like, everybody, or if, there's, need, there's, or, or if you need an ice cream cone. You yeah, know, like, you, like can, I, you can still you can't sit down and eat it, but you can still walk into the Baskin Robbins down the street from my house. You can walk in, and you know they're not, they're not doing stamp they're not doing samples. That's the thing that that's what they cut down. I was like, no, no, no more samples. But yeah, you can buy ice cream. That's fine. Come on in. So my point is, we're we're past the point where I think any anybody's going to be completely any city is going to be completely safe. I mean, as 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 LA had been, I you know you, I think we've all probably noticed there's already an uptick in traffic and and things like that. Like I think we everybody's been on lockdown for so long now that even the people who are like, no, I'm staying the absolute safest, and everybody else should they're unintentionally easing their own restrictions at this point. So. Yeah. And uh, before I, I ask the same of both Chelsea and Scott, do you think, I think that uh, Gavin Newsom and, uh, and uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, have been sort of at the forefront of kind of, you know, just really sti- uh, sticking to their beliefs. But do you think that Newsom, Gavin Newsom, our governor here in California, do you think that he was at all pressured by the amount of protests that there have been uh, in really just the last few days. Do you think that that this is in any way a reaction to that? Uh, because, uh, you know, people in Orange County definitely need to go to the beach and get on the golf course. I mean, it, anybody's ever been to Orange County knows that that's pretty much what they need there. Do you think that that it's, it's a, at all a reaction to what he's seen going on in the state, Tamara? Oh, me? Yeah. Because I I, I realized I meant to ask that at the first part. And then before I ask everybody except you, I wanted to get your thoughts on it too. Yeah. I think, I think he's feeling that because there's been so many like more rural town counties in California that have specifically like said, okay, can we have some sort of leeway since we don't have the numbers that the other, that the more urban areas have had, I think he has had to bend a little bit towards yeah. Yeah. I was reading about one of those communities that like just last week had their, so they have one case and they've quarantined their one person, you know, and they hope that they're able to contain it. But I think that I can understand that pressure because California is such a large state and it, it's such a, you know, it's such a diverse terrain that you have these really rural counties that are like, look, this isn't a problem. This hasn't been a problem for us. And of course it could become a problem. So uh, Chelsea, your thoughts kind of on all that one, the easing, and if you think that uh, Newsom has felt some some pressure, uh, you know, uh, up there in I'll, Sacramento, I'll start with the second question first. I, I'm I'm sure that there has been pressure. I don't think necessarily it's from the protesters. I'm I, I feel he's more disciplined than that. But states also want to reopen because they make money when the economy is going. So, I, I as much as I believe that he is prioritizing our health, I think he's also aware of the fact that tax money is down uh, if there aren't sales being made. So that's also in the back of his mind, even, even without the protesters. But as far as the easing of the restrictions go, I mean, I, I guess I, was, I noticed myself in Tamara's camp. Um, yesterday, I tried to deposit a check via the mobile app and the app wouldn't do it. It wouldn't read the number. And so I had to go into the bank uh, it was the first time I'd been in the bank since the lockdown happened. 
And I was very uncomfortable, even though there was a security person that made sure we were all six feet apart. And it just was very yeah, and also like bank tellers are always behind those plastic things anyway, at least the, any of the banks that I go to, you know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess there are levels already in place, but yeah, look, I, I did something that was definitely an unnecessary trip, but again, I have two small children. So on Saturday, my wife and I, we went to a drive-in out near Pomona and yes, we came up with uh, uh, bathroom contingency plans because we didn't get out of the car. And it was great. The kids had fun. They saw the, that, that Trolls movie that people can now get uh, digitally. And, and they had fun with it. It was nice. It was like an almost normal evening, except that there were a lot of other people there that some of them had masks on, but people had their, their masks like down under their nose. And I was just like, well, yeah. then just don't wear it. Look, if you're going to wear, if you're going to do that, don't wear it. You had, you had people who weren't wearing it and you had people who were like middle-aged, older people who I'm like, I think out of anybody, you should be wearing it. You should be worried for yourself. You know, there were kids running around and that sort of made me nervous for the kids. Our kids were, you know, strapped into their car seats. So uh, the way they should be. So it was yeah, you know, and again, it's not a trip I needed to take, but for I've I've talked to friends that have done things like drive from Burbank up to Oxnard, which for people that don't know, that's about an hour away. Turn around and just come home. They never get out of the car. It's just to go somewhere, just to see something, just to get there, you know. And and look, all the people it, going to the poppies. Right. Yeah, I know. But then a lot of people are getting out and like, you know, traipsing around on the poppies. So it's I, I understand the desire for things, and I feel like, okay, sure. I didn't need to take that trip from a, a literal, like essential uh, service, but for mental health, it's like, yeah, you know what? Take a drive. If you're not going to go anywhere to me, it seems okay. I think you'll have people that'll be like, no, no, you should never go out of your house. So I don't know. I, I think that uh, it's, it's hard to, to really figure out where everybody is at their comfort level, but I, I mention it because Chelsea, you're right. When you see, like when I see people that are walking, all right, people on a really hot day when they're running and they don't have the mask on, but they run, they go out of their way to not run in front of us. I'm like, okay, so you have your mask, you're, but I feel like, you know, you're going to hyperventilate if you wear it while you're running, but you're not running near people. I'm like, all right, that doesn't bother me as much. Uh, that's my guilty Tim? pleasure. I run. No, I was just saying that's me. I run without a mask and I feel really guilty about it, but right. Yeah, but if you know, if you ended up with like a, a family of eight in your way, you wouldn't like. Well, now no, I run. Cough. I run into yeah. the street. I yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it just kind of depends. And look, I know that people who are watching the show in other parts of the country, they're like, yeah. I mean, it's like enough already. Let's just let's just go outside. You know, uh, what do you think about uh, all this, Scott? Sort of the the local issue, but as it as it applies to people across the country that are having these uh, these restrictions eased. It's always weird to tell if Scott is frozen or he's just not moving. Well, I know. <laughs> there he is. No, I know. I think my internet is, yeah, my internet's being used by the household right now. So uh, it, it's. What is he? Is he running Napster out yeah, of there? I would say there's, there's two things to it. I think one, what. Here, here, let, me, let me stop the video and see. If yeah, I'll just click off the bit. video. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I just did. Let me see if that if that helps. Um, that's does that help at all? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you're much less handsome this way, but it sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was I was gonna say it's it's there's two prongs 
to it. And I think what Gavin Newsom did was more of a psychological thing by saying we're going into phase two because it's really not much different than where we are right now. You know, it's, it's yes, there's a few more stores open, but you can't go inside and you have to do curbside, but no restaurants are open, no hair, but you know, nothing, no movie theaters. So it really doesn't change much from what we've already seen, but I think it's more of a psychological boost to say, hey, we're trying to go in the right direction. And what Chelsea was saying, it's a way to start getting some more money into the state coffers because, you know, at the end of the day, the state does need money and it's losing billions of dollars. So it's it's more psychological than anything. Uh, I think if you saw what they did, the Orange County beaches, the negotiated time is almost a joke. It's six to 10 a.m. during the week, uh, weekdays only right now. So that doesn't allow a lot of people to really be able to go out and enjoy the beach. So it was an interesting compromise that Orange County did with uh, Governor Newsom, but it doesn't really, again, it's a psychological win in a way, but- It's good for the surfers, that's when they're out there. Yeah, but that, but that's it. I mean, it doesn't really help families during the week. It doesn't really help people when you have to be off the B10 AM. Um, so it's an interesting dichotomy, but it's more of a psychological boost for most people to say we're getting out of this. I think what's gonna be interesting are the states that went more full force, like in Georgia, even part, you know, Florida and Texas to see how those cases do. But I do agree, like what Tamara was saying too, there are parts of the state of California that have virtually no cases at all. So they are, there should be a staggered approach. And people like us here in LA County, sadly, are gonna be the last to be able to kind of resume normalcy because we have over 10 million people in the county. So unfortunately we're in it for the long haul, but we could probably see some different phases for different parts of the state. And it'd be interesting to see how that kind of shapes the next uh, few weeks out. Yeah, I know. I definitely agree that, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's an evolving situation and, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I've, I've said many weeks, there's two things that I'm, uh, really focused on in, uh, when, when my kids, uh, preschools open again and, uh, that we're not going to bring them back on the first day, we're going to wait a couple of weeks, but uh, I might go to supercuts the first day it's open. I'm just starting to think that, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, you want to talk about an essential service. It's me getting a haircut, but, uh, obviously I'm mostly joking, like 80%, 40% joking. But anyway, uh, we're almost out of time. And I do want to talk about, uh, look, there's a, there's campaigns to run. so the uh, Trump campaign is working on, uh, America's comeback is what they're talking about. So they're going to talk about sort of how the the Democrats, uh, they have an ad that uh, something that seems like it happened 15 years ago, which was uh, Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech at the end of the State of the Union. I literally hadn't thought about that in, I don't know, at least two months, probably two and a half. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big thing for like a minute for, you know, a, a small number of people. But, you know, it's I guess it's useful imagery when it's like, hey, you, you remember how you don't like her? This is what she thinks of you. So uh, the idea of America's comeback, I think, is a good campaign. But is it useful for the guy who's really largely put you in this situation to be talking about like, well, I'm clearly the guy to do the campaign? Wouldn't that be the, a better opposition campaign? Like, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, after uh, four years of Jimmy Carter, he's like, it's morning in America. Because the grownups are back, basically. So isn't it just more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the America's comeback will happen, but not if you vote for the guy that's using the America's comeback uh, slogan. Uh, what do you think about uh, this notion of the comeback, Chelsea? And remember, we are, we are running low on time, and I want to make sure to get Tamara and Scott in, in here. Yeah, I, I, I don't envy 
any person that tries to take on America's comeback because I don't think it's going to go very well. This kind of comeback has to happen from the ground up. And most Americans have very little money to be spending. And with things with the virus being so uncertain, are we going to have to go back on lockdown? Uh, things like that. People are not going to be spending freely. So 70% of our GDP is consumer spending. I think it's going to be down no matter how much he tries to bring it back. Um, but I don't know how long it'll take for that to be measurable in our economy. So I think it's a great line, America's comeback, but I, I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. So yeah, that goes back to my my prediction of phase four. Like America's comeback, it it should really be whoever's running in twenty twenty four. That should be their slogan, right? Because it won't come back before that. Well, the pl- America's comeback has to be with how are you going to help lower to middle income people? That's sure. the only way to bring it back. And I don't think Trump has a plan focused on that population. It's just more tax cuts, I would think, for the wealthy. Um, and like, if you look, if you saw 60 Minutes, some really weird farm subsidies um, that are, you know, we can all collectively get together, say we own a farm and get massive money for it. It's amazing. I don't know why we haven't done it until now. Um, Let's anyway, start the Trump Report farm, the four of us. We'll all get uh, farmer hats. It'll be perfect. Yes, we should. And uh, so, because I don't think he has a real plan that will help Americans from the bottom up, I, I don't think um, that it's going to work, even if he has a chance to implement it. What do you think, Tamara? Uh, President Trump touting America's comeback. And, uh, you know, a big part of that is is him being on the forefront of like, yeah, you know, these uh, these states really should be reopening, you know, and he's uh, usually uh, right out there uh, applauding states that are reopening, saying like, yep, get back to work, everybody. Come on. We got to come back. Well, first of all, Christian, did you know that Fenway Park has its own farm? They grow their some food there. I wonder I if that... I, I did not know that. Do you think that they have a, 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 a Fenway Frank tree that grows they, Fenway Franks? They don't have cows at Fenway Park, but they do grow some of their concession stand food there. On one I of love that. Um, anyway, uh, I, if the Nancy Pelosi now, I, I, if the Nancy Pelosi tearing up the speech thing is any sort of like we have to get back to um, you know proper behavior coming from the Trump campaign, that's just complete bullshit. Um, you mentioned Morning in America. Did you know, did, we all heard about the video that came out from a conservative group, anti-Trump conservative group that George Conway is a part of? I, I actually haven't heard about this video. Yeah, I, I, yes. it, just, it just came it, out. Trump went on a tweet rampage in the mm-hmm. middle of the night last night calling them losers and oh. um, they've yep. never- it's pretty great. <laughs> The video was called Morning in America to not parody because they're on the side of Ronald Reagan. It's a conservative sure. group, but but to invigorate. I, so I think what you what you're saying has just been done by this yeah. conservative See, that. group who I is just... in a better position than the Trump administration is to be like, we can't keep acting like children. Yeah. No, look, I think that uh, you're going to have your your never Trumpers. You're they're probably a lot more clever than the actual Trumpers. You know, I mean, I think if uh, if you're going to like ask what uh, ask like Bill Crystal from formerly of the Weekly Standard, like, all right, well, you don't like Trump. What, what, what would you put together? It'd probably be more clever than. Uh, so uh, what do you what do you think? Donald Jr. Uh, anyway, uh, final thought from you, Scott, before we have to wrap up, sort of 
on this approach that President Trump is taking of of America's comeback? Well, I was going to say to add to Tamara's, it was morning in America, like M O U. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, so it, it not the morning like so that's the difference, and I thought it was a brilliant uh, strategy, and it was a brilliant ad and and trump just tweeted again like a half hour ago you know going off on them again uh-huh. which makes me laugh anytime that he's uh <laughs> miserable but um you know <laughs> i've been seeing uh, a lot of his you know yes men and women posting these things now like he did it the first time he'll do it again you know, once we yeah. reopen america like the economy will be the best ever um but i think that's all he has to be honest with you that and we've talked about this for years the only thing that he has had is the economy, which he was handed to begin with. But people have looked at that and said he's continued it um, uh, to be able to you know, keep it going. And um, that's the one thing he's had. And if he doesn't have the yeah. economy, he doesn't have anything. So I believe that uh, this is his only strategy. And yeah. so it's going to be like, hey, if you let us reopen the government again, we will um, be able to do great things again. And it'll be even better because we did it the first time around. So it's it's silly, but it's all he has at this well, point. Well, yeah, look, states with like 34% unemployment, that's all a, a Democratic hoax anyway. So uh, I think that uh, he can run the strength of it. And look, when we hear the siren, it means we must be out of time. And uh, <laughs> Chelsea, make sure you don't miss our show next week because you know what I want to talk about? I want to spend a lot of time talking about it. Meat shortages in this country. I intentionally didn't talk about it this week because I'm like, <laughs> I know it's going to kind of be the whole show. So, uh, but until then... You can keep in touch with all of us on our various social medias. Tamara, where can people find you? Hey, Tamara underscore on Twitter. And Chelsea Galicia. Chelsea Galicia. I love it. Just like that. And Scott Moore, the birthday boy. Uh, On Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And I am, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And for some lighter conversation, you can find me Thursdays over on Popcorn Talk talking about Marvel movie news. Not much news over there, but we still talk about Marvel and movies and we have a lot of fun. So find us there at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern over on Popcorn Talk. That's all the time we have now. Thanks, as always, to Ryan in the booth or in Mission Control, wherever he is. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.